Three, two. Boom. Hello, you are listening or watching the Giants guys. Uh, I'm Craig Santucci, your host, the owner and operator of NYGiantsRush.com. And these guys, which maybe that way or that way, these are my peeps, it's my crew. How is everybody today? Doing good. good. Doing great, man. Awesome. Fantastic. So these are my guys. They write, they write for you. They talk Giants football for you to give you something to do while you're in quarantine, while you're jogging, while you're showering. Whatever you're doing, we give you good content. And we're not morons. We actually know what we're talking about to some degree. Or we've got good factual information like Michael Stewart does because I don't know anyone that knows more about the draft than he does. So I always defer to him. And some of these guys are just really good um, – analysts they come up with really good opinions where some of the people which happens to me every day here <laughs> are not so um you are listening to i don't know we're episode four of the giants guys um we're 10 12 days into may and as my man spirit and i were talking about a couple minutes ago feels like groundhog day so we're gonna try to entertain you for at least the next hour um same style as always pti style I give you a topic, I read it, I'll bounce around, I'll let you guys talk, and um, I'm going to go from there. Is everybody cool? Let's yes, ride. sir. Let's ride. Right. And if you notice, Jeff, it is Jeff. He is clean, <laughs> shaven and stuff, and it doesn't look like him. It sounds like him. Could be a twin brother. <laughs> going with the fact that it's him, because it just, just it gives me a good vibe, but it, but it's it's him. So don't He's ready for the quarantine to be over. Yes. <laughs> I should have yeah. painted a beard on so that you recognize him. Exactly. Well, just no feel bad. I need a haircut so bad. My hair is literally down to here. I have to, like, sweep it over the top. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Giants, guys, episode four, topic one. All right, here we go. Let's start off with the UDFA, undrafted free agents. I, on the hand – on the subject is kind of interesting because I'm going to defer to you guys because I like any undrafted free agent. Some have impact, some don't, but you didn't lose any draft capital. So I'm like, yeah, sign them. You know, their contracts are written on, on the back of bubblegum wrappers and toilet paper and nap bar <laughs> napkins. So, so for me, like if these guys pan out, like it's a blessing. So um, give me like one or two special players you like. Or, or for that matter, if you want to, like, totally blow up a guy, like, why we sign him, I'm more than willing to listen to that. Um, Spiro, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I know you love this stuff. I've seen a couple tweets this week from you. Is there a guy or two that you like or maybe one you like, one you don't like? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the two wide receivers at Ohio State, both uh, Benjamin Victor and uh, Austin Mack. You know, they are what we are missing from a standpoint of length uh, at the wide receiver's position. Um, okay. You know, both had similar issues. They were they're pretty decent recruits coming in, but you just didn't – there wasn't enough balls to go around at Ohio State. They had a very dynamic offense, and everybody got involved. Um, both have good size, and both seem to have the ability to be better pros than they were um, college players. And okay. I think the reason why they slipped were, was because of such a deep, deep, uh, wide receiver class. And, you know, the, the guys that don't produce big time, they kind of fell under the radar. So, you know, Mac is just a guy that gets open, great route runner, you know, good ball skills. Um, you know, he's got to eliminate the, the, the bad drops and he's had some bad injury luck, but he was the second highest paid, um, undrafted free agent for the giants. 
seems like there's a pretty decent chance to make the lineup. And then okay. Victor is just a TD machine, just a ton of length. Um, you know, he's got to work on his weight. He's, a, he's skinny as a pole, but get him in, a, in a, the weight room, and I think he's going to be – I'm very high on Victor. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, he's a little on the thin side. Yeah, he gives but... you those Plaxico Burris vibes. You know, if he, if he could put on some weight, he's got those long arms and long legs, and um, he gallops, you know. Yeah, uh, sure. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Michael Stewart, how about you? You're, is there someone that you love, someone you hate? Let's lean on. I'd rather hear who you like than you don't. But, you know, I know this, this stuff. You love this stuff at your wheelhouse. So who are you leaning on? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a guy from each side of the ball, offense and defense. I got, uh, along with Spiro, I got, I got Benjamin Victor. Uh, I like this kid. Uh, I think he needs time to develop, get a little bigger and stronger, like you guys mentioned. Uh, and he does have that long body that I think that it's going to transition over to as long as he gets bigger and stronger he could be he could be a viable weapon for the Giants uh, he's somebody who probably put him in a practice practice squad I would think now the other guy uh, I've been trying to practice this guy's name and I'm going to botch it up but I have uh, his name as let me see again uh, Oluol Bedeku out of Illinois the edge rusher okay I did a lot of watching film on him, and he's a, a late bloomer, came into football later in life, doesn't have experience, but he's got a lot of the intangible July instincts, good speed off the edge, uh, good motor. So another kid put in practice squad, let him develop, just leave him there, and hopefully you'll get something out of him. Yeah, he started late, too, if I, if I kind of remember. Wasn't he like a – he didn't start playing like his junior year or something like that in high school or something? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, I kind of remember that story because I'm always, like, fascinated by a dude who just starts playing at 16. Um, <laughs> Mikey B., what you got for me? I'm going to stick with the wide receivers. I'm going to go Derek Dillon at LSU. Um, you, I mean, Spiro talked a little bit about not, not getting on the field at Ohio State. Like, LSU had a historic offense, right? So my man ran a 4-2-9, and I'm just thinking, like, give him a chance and you can't teach speed. So let's go. Yeah. I'm assuming too, out of day one, like he penciled him in as the, the, uh, the gunner, you know, on your uh, special teams is yep. he can, he can fly. How, yeah, about, the good how about you, Jeff? You got somebody that you really love? Yeah. I think Spiro probably has the logical choices like Ohio, these Ohio state guys. And now Derek Dillon was on my list too, to keep an eye on. He's got Tyreek Hill speed, Derek Dillon, like legit. Tyree kill speed so that's dangerous but there's this kid rice and john that we picked up he's actually out of canada this guy's 6'7 237 pounds and he's a true wide receiver he's not a tight end he's a wide receiver and if you look up his highlights he just does not lose jump balls like as a red zone threat i mean all these undrafted free agents are dart throws anyway so why not pick the 6'7 wide receiver that could be an absolute threat in the red zone Maybe you can play tackle. They clearly went after wide receivers with height. You know, that's you know, and that's something that's been missing from this this wide receiver unit. You know, there's Engrams, I guess, is the tallest one right now, and he's a tight end. You know, there's there's nobody that can go up and get a jump ball. So you could see the clear target here, you know, between yeah. Mac, um, you know, but I mean Dylan's got the speed, but outside of that, it's all big guys that can go yeah, up and get the ball. Because remember, you know, you need uh, you got chain you know chain movers with Shepard and Tate. Um, you never know if Ingram is getting on the field or not. And mm -hmm. you got Barkley. 
you really don't look at the Giants like, whoa, there's an end zone. There's an end zone threat. Right. If I throw a jump ball in the back corners, you're going to be somebody to be able to go get it. So some of these guys that are 6'3", 6'4", make a huge difference over guys that are 5'11", 6 foot. Yeah. And we've had that for a while, for the record. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, best nickname I ever had was Shake, Rattle, and Roll. And that was, <laughs> and that was you know, Victor Cruz and, um, you know, Hakeem Nix, you know, Mario Manningham. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like they all had the, like, like a certain style, but not one of them was over six foot. So, you know, maybe Nick's Manningham was, might was have been. six six one, maybe. I, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, maybe six one, but like, yeah. So no a couple of these guys there, yeah. that you main named have some good speed for special teams. And, you know, some of them have to be able to catch the ball, you know, on a jump ball. So I like it. That's good work. Hey, you guys. Um, so, um, which is easy, by the way, anyone, by the way, not really that it's in the notes, but anyone have an issue with anyone they signed? Like, why did they sign that guy? Is there a guy out there? Anybody was like, Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> Any, anybody? Yeah, no. like you said, there's there's no risk. There's no risk in these right. guys. So how much can you hate it? You know. Yeah. See, that's see, and I don't. You know, I I bounce around like, you know, growing up in New Jersey. You know, if if you didn't root for Rutgers, and I didn't know a lot of guys that did, you were Rutgers or a Penn State guy, or you just picked the team. I don't have any skin in the game, so like you know, like the only reason not to like a guy is like, oh, I can't stand Michigan State. You know what I mean? Or I can't stand Ohio. Like. So these guys are all like they're freebies, right? If they yeah. if they work out, it's great. Um, all right, cool. Let's move on to a topic that Mikey B was talking about two weeks ago. And Mike, this is for you because I didn't want to forget it. We we kind of breezed over it, but you had brought up a really good point. So this is kudos to Mikey B. Um, let's talk about the Gettleman hate. H A T E. Hate, hate, um, hate, hate. Yeah. So much hate. So here, here's my question for you guys. Um, why does this exist? You know, and why does it continue? And let's just say if, all right, big if, if Gettleman was removed, what does it prove? And would this team make like some Herculean, you know, step forward without him? So, so I, I'm, I'm going to start off with you, Mikey B, since this was something that you, you know, reminded me and you seem kind of passionate about it. Like, what is the deal? Where does this all come from? And, you know, why won't it go away? Well, I think it comes from a little bit of, of uh, people that have just been disappointed for a long time watching this franchise. So they're a little bit skeptical in, until they actually see sustained success. And until that point, I don't think they'll ever uh, get on board with it, right? And then I think the media feeds into it a little bit with like, you see a lot of stuff out there about Gettleman being old school and he's not up with the times and this and that Um, in terms of like the modern day analytics as opposed to old school scouting. And that's where I think the hate comes from. Uh, I just want to say that like, we all know that if you are going to turn over coaches and turn over systems and regimes and your roster every two or three years, you're not giving anybody an opportunity to develop. I I always think about if Coughlin and Eli started together in 2014 and not 2004, would they have even had an opportunity to make that Super Bowl run 
into their fourth season together? Probably not the way that people are just getting rid of people and not sticking with the continuity of things. Sure. Um, but you want to just, let's look at the facts here. Gettleman was a GM and built Carolina into a 15 and one Super Bowl team with Cam Newton, whoever, whatever you think about Cam Newton. And he has a knack and a track record of drafting very solid offensive linemen, specifically in later rounds. His draft record is actually really, really strong. Um, and a couple of his free agent signings haven't been perfect, but let's be honest, nobody goes a hundred percent. I mean, Bill Belichick gets a pass cause he's Bill Belichick, but he's made a lot of moves in recent seasons personnel wise that are like, eh, that don't look good, but he's Bill sure. Belichick. So he kind of gets a pass. So I think that back to Dave Gettleman, I, I, people kill him for a lot of things. Um, the best, one of the best moves he made was, uh, fleecing the Browns, giving them Odell Beckham and Olivier Vernon, and in return getting Peppers, the draft picks, Kevin Zietler, who nobody talks about. So overall, I think he's done a really good job. And I personally believe that in about three to five years, you'll be looking back at these drafts that he's had, and he'll, be, he'll get a lot of the credit that um, he's not getting now. Yeah, let, let's not forget, too, just to throw it out there, I'm sure one of you guys will, will talk about it, is Remember, he was in charge of pro personnel for the Giants. He had Super Bowl rings for bringing guys in like Antrell Roll and Plaxico Barrison. He brought these guys in. He was in charge of the free agents and stuff like that. Now, you're right, 100%. Not everybody nails it, you know, and he's older, so people give him a lot of crap. And if you're a young fan, you don't want to deal with anybody who's your grandfather's age. I get it. But um, uh, Jeff, What's your take on this? You know, is and and Jeff, if if he wasn't here, if they got rid of him after this year because they went five or six wins, would it really make a difference? Like whoever they bring in, would would it just automatically things are rosy? Absolutely not. To all the Gettleman haters, I want you to think about him, but take away his press conference arrogance. Right? If he never got to the microphone, all you had was the moves that he actually makes. He's done a good job. His I give him an A grade for his drafts, and I give him a B in free agency. He's brought in so many good young guys to start build this culture. If you get rid of him, the people who want him gone probably can't stand him in press conferences and probably the Leonard Williams trade. And everyone says it's a fireable fence. you got to get him out of here. No. First of all, <laughs> I didn't like that trade either, but he's still on the roster, so let's see how it plays out, first yeah. of all. You may not know for a couple of years. If he becomes – um, a stud guy and he's there for several years and we're a playoff team and he's one of the main guys, you're going to think he's a genius. So like, let's let that play out a little bit. Um, he was dealt a horrible hand when he, st when he started here, he had to offload all of these massive contracts. So like I'm a defender of Dave Gettleman, even though I can't stand his press conferences. So he's terrible and he's so arrogant. You, I can't mean, stand him. You mean the stand up comedy? I just, his Boston accent, the whole thing, I can't stand it. So I get, he's easy to hate, but when you really look at his football mind and the guys he's drafted, he's phenomenal. He's really. Oh, you good. don't like his Yiddish talk? I can't stand it. <laughs> 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 go, go, go ahead, Michael Stewart. What, what's, your, what's your take on, uh, on uh, our, uh, our GM? Well, what might be hated on the media plays a big part in this. There's a lot of uh, get them a haters in the media. Uh, he did get uh, dealt a bad hand, as Jeff pointed to, with taking over for Reese, cleaning up the uh, 
Cap Space. Not allowed to say that name on the show. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, he's, he's scarred me for way too long. <laughs> you know, uh, Gettleman at some point, whether he's done, doing a good job or not, he, he's going to retire. He's going to be 69 years old. So he's probably going to retire even if he's doing a great job with the Giants. But the Giants have a history of bringing in guys who are part of their culture, part of their history. If you look at their, you know, George Young, Ernie Corsi, they these guys have all had history with them. That's why Gentleman got the job, because Ernie Corsi was part of the uh, hiring process. So that's yeah. how he got the job. Um, and if 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 he does leave, I think it will be uh, on his accord. I don't I don't I don't think they're gonna fire him. I think even if he does win five games this year, um, I don't I don't see it happening. But I do yeah. see that bringing somebody from in the organization. Well, like, just just in general, the turnover, uh, you know, Mike, just the turnover in general doesn't make sense. Like a new GM, you got a rookie head coach, and you got a you know second year quarterback, like turnover doesn't make anything any better on top of the fact is find me a gm that's got every single move as a slam dunk we could go through some bonehead moves right um so yeah i just I'm, it gets old for me go ahead spiro go ahead jump in i, I know you've got a good take on it oh well so i mean i, I had this in my i didn't have this in my notes but i just thought about if they change gms now that the third in about what six years they're going to blow this thing up and they're st they're changing cultures. We're going to, they're, they're going to bring in somebody that's not from, from this, this uh, organization. I think they're wholeheartedly going to blow everything up. And what does that mean? Another roster turnover. Uh, you're, you're starting to rebuild again. And so I, I don't think I can sign on for that right now. We've just gone through the rebuild and I think he's truly building something here. Now, the reason for the hate for anybody under 30 it's the Odell Beckham trade, uh, and you know, he, on Twitter, it's he, he's a punching bag because he mocked the analytic guys, and the analytic guys just want him to fail. You know, they, he, you know, draft and Barkley, totally against analytics. You know, it, and lastly, you can't. Re, it's hard to rebuild in New York. People just looking at wins and not seeing what's you know the forest through the trees. We are, this is a rebuilding team that Reese left him in shambles. So. He's building things up. You know, he, did he miss on some signings? I, don't, I think he signed the right guys that didn't turn out well. A Solder was the best left tackle on the market. They needed a left tackle. Was it yeah. Eric Flowers or him? Yeah, no you know, choice. It, it didn't pan out. Ogletree was a serviceable Ram when he was on there. He made the trade for him to be a presence in the middle of defense, blew up in his face. All his misses in free agency were just stopgap players in the middle of a rebuild. People – harp on it so much like a Jonathan Stewart everybody harps on these little deals that were he he got rid of the, these guys right after they they didn't show anything you know Bethea you know everybody wants to look at the record you, you, you gotta you gotta wait for this rebuild to take place and it's going to take another year or two for it to come to fruition if he wrote a, an article to fans like the Rangers did you know saying he was rebuilding I think yeah. people would have given more slack but you know he's he's a tough guy he does things his way, and he's, he constantly says, you know, give me time, and you'll see what, what this rebuild is going to be like. So, you know, he brings a little bit on himself, but I, I have faith in the guy, you know, giving him this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I constantly remind people just, you know, they, they – and it drives me crazy. Like, it's easy – and I, I'm a cynical guy. It's easy to pick on the stuff that you do wrong. 
it's it's just easy, right? Punching bag was the word I think you used. It's easy. But for a second, and I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but just for a second, that 2019 season sucked. I told you, it might have been my, my most, like I just had had enough. You know what I mean? I just had enough. But here's the thing. He signs Mayo as a special teams guy, right? Off the scrap heap. Nobody wants him. You know, um, if, I, if, I'm, uh, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, the guy didn't even get invited to the combine, okay? But this guy comes in, and you lose Connolly, right? And, and Ogletree misses, I think, three or four games. You, you need a guy. This guy steps in and calls the defense. What would you have done without him? Like, again, is he athletic? No, he's not, a, he's not super athletic, right? But you, you took a guy who you thought was going to just play special teams, and he winds up calling the defense, all right? Caden Smith, how many tight ends did we go down this year? Four? Five? We had guys just dropping like flies. He takes this guy, signs a free agent, and we watch him catch eight balls in the last game of the year or last two games, and all of a sudden you're like, who is this guy? You're looking him up, and the, the guy can ball, right? In fact, he just reminds me of, of, of uh, Kevin Ballard so much, like, because, like, you know, you know, they didn't throw the ball to him that much. Next thing you know, you start throwing him to the ball, and you're like, wait a minute. This guy can catch. And you look at the guy who was a runner-up for the uh, – what's the tight end award, Jeff? Uh, ah, number one. College tight end. Uh... Yeah. Why am I drawing a blank? Mackey. Yes, thank you, Michael Stewart. I mean, he was like runner-up for the Mackey Award. The dude has more – in his senior year in college, he had more 20-yard catches than anyone in the NCAA, right? You look at – you look uh, – Mikey B, great point. He gets rid of, you know, uh, Odell Beckham. Peppers is a really good player, right? And they got Dexter Lawrence with that draft pick. Yep, Zeitler. How about this? Then they, people love – people love this – he signs Omame, and right, and and let's let's talk about Omame. As soon as we realized he couldn't play, what did he do? Cut. <laughs> yeah. If he that realizes was Reese, mistakes, if, and he if gets that was Reese, person. yep. And Spiro, you know, if that was Reese, Omame would still be on the team. Oh yeah, for just sure. like Hart was, just like Newhouse was, just like John Jerry was, right? So look, hate him all you look okay. at the Stewart thing. Was um, it, they were buddies. He threw him a bone. Culture, culture too. And said, hey, man, come in. Make sure the locker room's cool. Make sure Barkley finds his way to the restaurant in the bank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, make, sure, make sure the kid doesn't get lost, you know what I mean, in Harlem. Don't forget about Nick Gates too. Another uh, under-the-radar yeah. signing came in and started getting meaningful snaps. He might yep. be our starting center next year. Yeah. So, look, we can, we can pick apart. And listen, the Tate signing, right, Tate was a moron for getting busted for steroids or PEDs, excuse me. Like, that's not on Gettleman. I mean, it's good. So, so look, I mean, and again, he's not a world beater. But if I look at Tate, Caden Smith, Mayo, Pepper, Zeitler, I mean, they're all good players. You know, like, yes. And uh, I don't know, uh, Spiro, I think you said it. Yeah, if you're under 30, you hate the guy. He's your grandfather. He probably can't find his way around an iPhone. You know, he has no idea how to use Google Hangouts or Zoom. I get it, but it doesn't matter. He knows football, okay? So, you know, the hate's got to go away. If I have one more person say, he signed Stewart and Omame, I'm like, 
and did it, yeah. honestly, and the problem with the, I had with, the, with all these and the, and the people that say he had dead money on the Odell Beckham trade, they weren't going anywhere last year. What does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what, it, it wasn't like the, he stopped them from going to the Super Bowl with those that those signings or, or dead money trades. If, yeah, for the record, <laughs> since Odell was drafted, we've been the worst team in football. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so we lost with him. We can lose without him. Get rid of him and start looking ahead. He made and- the record. You know, we know that now there'll be no missing wide receivers on a boat trip. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, these are the kind of things that people keep bringing up. They want to just find these things to talk about. It's maddening. Like, they want to talk about the boat trip. They want to talk about Stewart. They want to talk about the Ogletree thing. Like, who else were you going to sign? That was a good point that I think you made, Spear. Like, who else were you going to sign? You needed a linebacker. The dude was, the dude was thumping everybody for the Rams. The guy would hit everything that moved. He came here and he was like, I got paid. Yep. <laughs> I, I, got, I got paid. What do the I mindset was there. The, he made the right moves. They didn't turn out correct, like, correctly, but, you know, you can't blame him for what he was – the thought process behind it. 100%. All right. Um, <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. All right, so that's right from Jeff's uh, tweet. So this came out – I don't know where I got it from. Maybe one of you guys sent it to me, but – Someone sent it to me. It's a little bit of fun. Um, and, and, and Jeff's comment was, don't threaten me with a good time. So I'm going to ask you guys to give me um, your list. Okay, so this list will have a couple categories. So um, if, I'll read them to you in case you don't print it out or have the notes in front of you. So I'm going to um, start with you, Jeff. All right, so one, you're just going to give me your guy. Okay, who's your most overrated player on the New York Giants? It's Nate Solder. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Give me your most underrated player. I'm going James Bradbury. That was a sneaky pickup, mm. and he's pretty much our number one cornerback right now. So go ahead. Love it. Best player on the team? Come on. Barkley. <laughs> the only thing, uh, key new addition. Uh-oh. Sorry. There okay. you are, Jeff. I'm back. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You froze up for a second. Uh, yeah, I did. That was All scary. Right. He's really uh, thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You needed some time. All right. Key new addition. I mean, the obvious is uh, Andrew Thomas, but I'm going McKinney to lock up the other safety spot with Peppers. Love it. Um, give me your could surprise. I'm sticking with it. Darnay Holmes. This guy is going to surprise you. I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. <laughs> you keep wishing that. Speaking into existence. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Just like Mikey B's 11 and a half sacks. Um, I, I have to stick with that now. You have to. Yes, yes you do, because Jeff wrote it down. <laughs> Look. For the record, I have all our Giants guys' hot takes here. Okay? So when yeah. you make a hot take, it goes in the book, and that, then it becomes real. I love Excellent. it. Excellent. Right. Um, uh, Jeff, take a leap. Darius Slayton. This is the last time Darius Slayton is not going to be a well-known name in the NFL. He is going to blow people's minds this year. I'm predicting – over a thousand yards and uh, and uh, eleven touchdowns. Like Hang I on, like finding a book. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask what kind. I was gonna ask what kind of leap. Yeah. All right, and the last one, Jeffy. Uh, prove it year. For me, it's Leonard Williams. We don't know what to do with him, right? Prove that you want to be a giant. Prove that you want to lock up the middle of that defense on the line. And uh, I'm looking for him to to make a difference this year. Prove that you want to be here, and then we can talk long long term. You ready, Michael Stewart? You locked in for this? 
Yeah, I'll give it a shot. All right, here we go. Most overrated giant. Uh, Ingram. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we knew Craig was going to like that. Oh, yeah. man. Are you, I've never wanted to like someone and hate so much outside of Vernon. Now I've got two of them in two years. Um, uh, most underrated player. I think it's going to be Jimenez, uh, Ocean Jimenez. I think he. I think he's going to play a bigger role this year. Okay. You know, it all depends on what happens with Golden if they resign him, but if they don't. Best player on the team. Uh, let, let me think about this one. It's <laughs> Barkley. Uh, key new addition. Well, I I went with Bradbury because we need a lockdown cornerback, uh, and he's going to make Baker's job easier by being the guy taking on the number one receiver. So I think that's really probably the biggest acquisition we got. What you're saying is that he won't be asleep in the meeting room is what you're really saying. Yeah, that's hope not, right? Uh, Could surprise. Uh, Let's see what I put down. I'm going with some beef. I I went with Will Hernandez. I think he's going to – I think under under, uh, Colombo, he's going to develop into the next Zach Martin. Did did you guys see that picture of him on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. How do you not love no. this guy? How do you not love this guy? Dude was wearing the Danny one, Dime shirt. For one, he's pumping like I don't know three forty-five over his head. Right? I mean, he's no Lonzo Ball who was putting up like twenty-five on each side. Not, yeah. not even. It was like funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then he then he's got the Danny Dime shirt on. He's like and he keeps going like patting. I'm his watching chest. it. I'm watching it now. Yeah, oh, it's great. <laughs> Dude. I'm he's telling you, he's gonna have like 315 on that bar. Oh yeah, he's pumping Sick. some serious weight. Right and he there. wasn't struggling either. He no, was, no. It was warm up. easy lifting. <laughs> All right, Michael, uh, prove it year. Uh, Proving year, I think you skipped one. Uh, take a leap. Oh, take a leap. My bad. Uh, I, I I went a little differently. I think I think the I think McKinney is gonna shine, and he's gonna be like an all pro as a as a rookie all pro. Is that a hot take? Hey, Wait, is, that a hot, is that a hot take? Is that going in the book? Oh, it's going it. right in the book. Maybe not in the book, but I think he's going oh! <laughs> Too late. I already started writing it. Sorry, man. Too bad. <laughs> it's in the, Michael, you're, you're stuck with that one. Better. And secondary. Oh. All right, prove it here. Prove it here. I think Lennon Williams has to prove it. Um, he, he is a good football player, uh, but he needs to take it to the next step if he wants to get paid as a, as a premier uh, lineman. Defensive lineman. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. If he wants to get paid, he actually has to work. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Mikey B, are you ready? Let's give it to me. Most overrated. Sterling Shepard. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. I like it. Ouch. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> oh my god, holy year, man. It's hard to say that. It's because he's a good dude guy. I think he says the right things and he works hard. I just uh the way that he's viewed, I, I don't know that he's as, as like, on the level of what people think. Damn. Is it just the concussions? I mean, without concussions. What's his... He's not on the field enough. I agree. I don't, I don't disagree not, with Mikey B. <laughs> not, not only that, I, I, just, I just feel that, like, he was he's a second. Cruz. No, nah, not even. He was a second-round pick. And, like, if he's very replaceable at that spot, you know what I'm saying? Like, for most teams in the NFL, he's a number three. And, like – more than half the teams in the league, he's a three. I think on maybe a third of the teams, he's a two. But, like, I don't know. Like, he's a good route runner and a good guy to have, but I think he's a little bit overrated the way that people talk about him. Damn. 
Damn, Mike, Mikey B is just like, boom, dropping yeah. the mic. And, and I, I, I like him. I think he's a, a, a good person. I, I, so it feels bad to say, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> I probably should have went in reverse for Mikey B and let him finish with that. <laughs> um, all right, most underrated player. I'm going to go Leonard Williams. I can see why a couple of you guys said he, it's, a, it's a prove it year for him, but I think he's underrated a little bit. All right, give it to me. Best player? All right. Saquon. <laughs> Uh, key new addition. Um, I'm going with Bradbury. I, I mean, McKinney, I love McKinney, but Bradbury, I think, is going to come in and be a um, really significant boost to that uh, secondary. Agreed. Uh, could surprise. How can I not go with Carter, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was leaving you that have one no for you, choice. Man. You're locked in. Uh-huh. You're locked yeah, in. Own it. Pushing the it. chips to the middle of the table like Jim Russell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there it is. Uh, take a leap. DeAndre, um, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like he doesn't need to do a ton to take that much of a leap, but I feel like he's going to be somebody who we're going to be at the end of the year looking back at him as the first-round pick and saying, definitely worth it. Okay. Um, prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Ang- Ingram, it's got to be. Come on, let's go. Stay healthy. Yeah. Get yeah. like you know, consistently catch the ball, win the matchups. Let's go. Don't disappear. It's your Don't time. Hurt. <laughs> and make that guy. Probably make- everything I would have said. Go, go ahead, Spiro. Uh, let's let's give it to me. Give me the most overrated. <laughs> well, so this was a tough one because I honestly don't think many people around the league rate many giants highly so um <laughs> what i went with was uh gentleman's love for john Halapio, which i still don't get and, and they, they were talking about maybe bringing him back off an achilles injury uh, and when he didn't do well last year it just doesn't make sense so Halapio. <laughs> uh most underrated I'm going to go Golden Tate. Uh, he came in last year and did everything you could have expected him <laughs> to do. Play the first four games? Yeah, he missed the first four <laughs> games. And his stats really, I mean, didn't they weren't that badly affected by it. He still put up some pretty decent numbers. He was a big play guy. He moved the chains. Reliable threat for Daniel Jones. And then nobody gets to love. Can I piggyback on that real quick? Every time Daniel Jones needed a big third down, he went to Golden Golden Tate. And he made tough catch after tough catch in traffic. Absolutely. I agree with Mm -hmm. that one. Got some take, got some love. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, good surprise. uh, Good surprise. Let's just say um, I'm going to go with DeAndre Baker because he's been been getting crapped on left and right in the media. I wonder why. Uh, and roughly, I mean, you know, most of it deserved, especially if he was sleeping in meetings. But uh, I think he's going to come in, and they're going to use him the way he's supposed to be used in press man coverage. And then they're, he's going to dominate over there. I, I, I'm I'm on big on the Baker train. All right, Baker's your guy. Um, and that's your surprise pick, right? Yes, I mean, that's so, that's my surprise. All right, because I was thinking he he also could probably be penciled in as take a leap. But all right, well, so who's your leap? My leap is Will Hernandez. He's he's going to take that leap to Pro Bowl Pro Bowl guard. Um, you know, Colombo is a, a tenacious guy. He's going to get in his ear. And Hernandez, his game is mauler. He's going to turn into that hog molly that we thought we were getting in the second round. And uh, he, he's going to take that leap. I truly believe that. All right. So I think I think a lot of you guys have the same thing here. Prove it year. 
Uh, yeah, well, so I was going to go with Leonard Williams. You know, I'm, I'm still going to go with Leonard Williams because he's got to show something for that third-round pick, man, because, you know, Gettleman's taken, uh, taken on water left and right for, the, for this move, and everybody's crapping on – and let's talk about Leonard Williams taking all this heat for something that he didn't do. He, he didn't make the trade for himself, you know, so he's a solid player, and he's going to prove it this year. I think he's going to get five-plus sacks this year for sure. It's interesting because that prove it one is prove it like he's going to or prove it like he better. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that, that's, yeah. uh, it's pretty interesting the way you, uh, you know, you can take the meaning of, of yeah. that. Um, yeah. So mine's, I've got a couple that aren't really earth shattering, but my definitely my overrated is Ingram because he has, well, let me think about it. Even if I'm just being fair and not being sarcastic, he's got everything going for him, right? Size speed good looking dude seems like he fits in new york no problem right he's he's not in trouble off the field what doesn't he have he doesn't have any stats right <laughs> he, he, he can't stay healthy every year he misses more games he missed one game then he missed five this year he missed eight like what's he gonna miss 12 this year like so you know for me he he's only overrated because he doesn't have anything to show you right so, you know, I'm, I want him to do well. Of course, I want him to do well. But I'm so tired of hearing how great he is. He's got to show it, right? Well, well said. That's fair. You know, um, you know underrated, um, I'm going with Slayton. Because here's the thing. Did anyone, like, hear anything about this guy after the season? Like, nobody was raving about this guy. He caught pretty much everything. What do you have, eight touchdowns? Eight touchdowns. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Big they're play. still, they're big still play. talking about other receivers. Like he should have been like, "Hey, this guy dropped in the draft. The Giants, you know, believed in him. The kid caught everything." And Gettleman no gets one... no praise, no praise yeah. for picking up in the fifth round. Yeah, no and nobody's talking about this cat. Yeah, they should be talking about this cat that he's got a chance to be the next Adam Thielen. You know what I mean? Like, like Adam Thielen came out of nowhere. So Slayton, like to me, is underrated. Um, best player, okay, like I said, Twitter probably all agreed on one motion with Barkley. Key addition for me, you know I love him because we haven't had one since Pierce, and it's Martinez. You know, you, you saw what I went through yesterday with that total. <laughs> that, that total uh, hey, that, hey. You, you, you are like the, the, the GIF of uh, the, the guy on Game of Thrones just taking on the whole army of people. I love, <laughs> I love. I was, yeah, I was, I was John Snow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like, none of it makes any sense. Like, here's the thing. Reality sets in about this guy. Is one is, Graham, one of you guys probably said it. Graham pounded the table and said, get this guy. Why? Because he's smart. He's quick. He's sideline to sideline, and he tackles everything. And we gave up 19 rushing touchdowns. Sign a guy that can take 19 rushing touchdowns the eight rushing touchdowns, it's a win, right? The second thing is, oh, he's not very smart. Uh, he went to Stanford. <laughs> Stanford! <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, give me a break. He's not smart. Not fast. I literally can pull 100 plays off of, off of YouTube. 100. Not four. 
a hundred plays. This dude shoots gaps and makes plays in the backfield all day. Pierce wasn't fast right. either, and he was one of our better linebackers in the and past I, and decade. Think, you know, and I wasn't sure if Jeff or or Spiro, one of you guys jumped in and made that comment. Like, like, look, That's we scary. haven't had a linebackers for so long. So, what are you hating on a dude? One, he hasn't played. He hasn't even got a jersey yet, and you're hating on the guy, and you're saying he's no good. Here's the thing, and I'm going to say this directly at you. There's no shot to be in the NFL and be, be number one, number two, or number three in tackles, averaging 147 tackles, 300 tackles in the last two years in eight sacks, and you suck. It's not physically possible. Yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't matter if you like him or not. 300 tackles in two years in eight sacks, you don't suck. On top of not sucking, you have to be good enough to get off a block and make a play. It's 300 freaking tackles. He had 70 more tackles than Ogletree this year. Like, he doesn't suck, okay? Is he Troy Palomalo? No. Is he Navarro Bowman? No. Is he Ray Lewis? No. But he's better than anything we've had. And he would have still got seven, eight million dollars on another team. Did the Giants maybe overpay him by a mil or two? Yeah, but who gives a bleep? He was the third best linebacker in free agency. So he's definitely by far my key additions because we can't stop the run. I mean, like, <laughs> like you literally said, okay, the Giants are fourth from the la at last in the NFL at stopping the run. We now may be able to move into a top 12 stopping the run because of one dude. I mean, again, not one guy. It's a team game. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the, the, that key addition changes how the rest of the defense plays, right? Because he's – Graham went and got him. So, I don't, I don't want to get crazy about it because yesterday I was John Snow. Guys are great. <laughs> I was. I was taking on everybody. I thought I held my own pretty well, too. Um, sure. You know, a couple times I was like, dude, don't make me block you. I can't take <laughs> you Um, Could surprise. You know, it's, it's a menace. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely Zimenez. Zimenez, if you watch that clip, uh, I'm sure you guys saw. I think Mike, Mikey B definitely saw. Did you see the clip of Marcus Golden coaching him up on the sideline? Yeah, I did. I saw that one. Perfect example of he's from OD, Old Dominion University. He's never seen this before. And he's just running high over top the quarterback. And Martin Golden's telling him, no, you, you haven't seen anything like this before in college. You need to change. Can I tell you a story? Can I tell you a quick story about him? Yeah. I forgot. I forgot to tell you guys. Yeah. I was in uh, DC visiting my sister when she lived there, like, I guess a year and a half ago, okay. or probably about a year ago, actually a year ago. It was right after the draft. And one of my Uber drivers was roommates with him. And, and he was like, cause I, we were talking about football. I'm like, I'm a Giants fan. He's like, Oh, my roommate in college was, was, uh, oh. was Jimenez. And I was like, Oh really? I was like, cool. What did we get ourselves into? And he's like, honestly, like he'll probably start for you guys this year and get some time. Um, but he's not like a partier. Like he's, he does his work. He's, he's, he's business, like a good dude, um, works hard. Like he's going to put awesome. his head down. So that, I forgot to mention that to you guys, but uh, that was, that was a nice little well, dude, uh, reassurance. Listen, just for the heads up, next time your Uber driver is roommates with one of our players 
like a get his phone number so we can an interview here you're listening to the science guys and mikey b blew an interview with, with o'shea's a mess okay thanks mike thanks a lot mike um no but great great humor. i really do think he's got a chance to make a leap but he needs coaching like in the game marcus golden is trying to coach him up he needs jesse armstead he needs strahan he needs to learn learn the body movement because if you watch him play, he bodies up on a bull rush and they ride him right or they ride him right around. He doesn't he doesn't bend right now. He doesn't dip his shoulder and he doesn't swim. You know you can watch him that he doesn't dip inside and then come back over and swim. He's all bull rush and slide. He definitely needs some help from guys like you know Jesse's Armstead or. Strahan or or even Kiwanuka, just some guys that can maybe teach him some alternate moves. He's my he's my biggest uh, could surprise you because not I'm not going as far as Mikey B with the eleven and a half sacks, but he had four and a half sacks. He could definitely pull in seven or eight this year yeah. with some with some key helping. Um, take a leap by far. It's Peppers. Second, you know now he's acclimated back to his. Remember, he's a Jersey boy. You mm-hmm. you you go come back to Jersey. You got family distractions, new defense a crappy defensive coordinator that doesn't know what to do with you. I think Pepper settles in, and now he's like, whoa, I got this McKinney dude. He's awesome. I got love. He's doing – I think I think Peppers takes the leap, and I think um, maybe Spiro might have mentioned it last week. We're going to see Peppers doing a lot of blitzing off the end. We're going to see Peppers play a pretty cool game. I'm excited for Peppers. I like him a lot. Um, uh, uh, so I think he's my t- take-a-leap guy. And, and my prove year is – Sorry, Mikey B. But it's Carter. I mean, he – I see that, yeah. Because he, he's duplicating the same thing he did at – what do you call it? Um, Georgia. Georgia, thank you. Like, he disappears for large chunks of plays. Like, like he's not – there's someone that dropped an, L, an LT uh, highlight on, on Twitter the other day. And what always was so fun to watch was he never stopped. It was go, 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 go go and you had to account for him all the time when carter's on the field he's like hey guys i'm i'm taking these two plays off it's cool i'm gonna stand here um but on this third play i'm coming like he's gotta he's gotta prove it or he's dead weight i I hate to say it but he's dead weight like we don't need part-time pass rushers and part-time players like he has to be able to go i want this position mikey b's got me for 11 and a half sacks (laughs) he does he does have to prove it though yeah, I just think he's got to prove it because he's got all the, the, the ability. I think it's up here. Like, he just doesn't have the drive, you know what I mean? Like, or, or the passion to lay it all on the line. I want a guy who wants to lay it all on the line. Like, like some of these guys, you just see them. They just won't stop coming. They just keep coming. That camp so, battle between him, Fackrell, and Zimenez is going to be one to watch, you know, to see who – becomes the lead dog in that the, that threesome right there. They're all yeah, going to get think, opportunities. For yeah, sure. I think Fackerel will get the edge just because it's Graham's guy. I mean, uh, Judge's Golden. guy. But who knows? Who knows? Um, all right, so those my, that's my don't threaten me with a good time, a.k.a. Jeff Pilgrim. Um, I'm skipping this next part, Barkley versus Chubb, because I don't want to talk about it. Cause, cause I think we all agree. Barkley's yeah. a better running back. <laughs> End of story. All right, we yeah. covered it. It's done. Yeah. But, but I'm throwing done. this out here as a wild card because Spirit wanted me to put it in here. And I'm going to let you guys run with it because I hate to say it. Like, I don't have a beep button, so I can't say I don't give a bleep. But, like, <laughs> schedule's just not my thing. Like, I don't – and it's, it's cool that all, everybody's into it. 
but like, I've never been into it. Like, I just, you know what it is? Who are we playing this week? Knock them down, set them back up. I've never been more like, hey, playing this guy. Not this early in the season. When it comes to like August, I'm starting like, all right. And as the season goes, but, but I appreciate Sp- Spiro pinging me and being, hey, look, can we talk some schedules? So, Spiro, since it's your baby, I'm going to start off with you. Like, <laughs> what, what do you like about the schedule? Do you feel there's some pitfalls or do you feel like there's a spot where they can make a run? Well, you know, right off the bat, the first Monday night game, we're getting out the way from at MetLife, the, the home Monday night game. I kind of like the fact that we're the first Monday night game. Um, all eyes are going to be on us. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they're going to be a little vulnerable with Big Ben coming back. So don't be surprised if you, you shock the Steelers. Go 1-0, you know, Bears, weak, you got, you got who, Foles or – um what's what's mitch. your what's the guy's name freaking yeah, mitch trubisky mitch yeah don't don't be surprised if, if they come out two and oh but you know it's gonna be tough after that they got san francisco dallas los angeles you know they got tampa bay later on in the season on a prime time uh monday night game as well um listen I, I like looking at the schedule to see where the buy comes. I, I usually like to yeah. see where I'm going to travel, try and get to a away game. Um, it's a fun thing for me and my, my, my boys to, to kind of like look at and gives us something to do between now and, you know, training camp at this point. Especially um, if there is a training camp. Right, right, right. But uh, it, it's not going to be easy for Judge. He's going to have to earn his money right off the bat, man. The, the schedule is not, not for the faint of heart. Mikey B, you got anything on this schedule that you like or dislike? You know, Spiro basically said that, you know, you could go 2-0, and but then there's a big – there's a, a good swatch of games that the Giants could just get thumped. Um, is there anything part of this this uh, schedule that you like or dislike? Um, I don't know if there's any part that I like or dislike, but my, my quick disclaimer on schedules is that it, a big deal is made out of them every year about who has a difficult schedule and who has an easy schedule. Because of the parity in the league year to year, like there's a lot of teams that you think are going to be good that aren't good and vice versa. So what looks like could be a good team now is not going to be a good team. Plus, you know, oh, this team has a hard schedule. This team has an easy one. Everybody in the same division plays the exact same schedule with the exception of two games. So let's also remember that as well. I think it's a little bit overblown. Uh, I do think when you get teams is important. Um, Quick example, if you get New England in September, it's probably better because typically – they don't, you know, they're lights out after September. But yeah, they're slow starter. Yeah, other than that, like, you know, I don't make too much of it. I agree with Spiro, though, if you are going to hit an away game somewhere, schedule's worth its weight in gold if you're making a plan, you know, for, I don't know, Halloween weekend or something like that. Right. So, um, Michael Stewart, anything that jumps out at you, like when you look at the schedule, like, you know, key matchup week or or even the other way around, like, man, we could go on a run. I've heard people tell me that the end of the schedule is kind of favorable or the Giants may be able to rip three or four off. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Anything that you like about the schedule, Michael? Well, I don't take uh, a lot of stock into it again because they go by the strength of schedule by uh, teams' records last year, right? Combine all the – Yeah. At least that's what we have agency, We have the draft. Everything changes in, in between. Um, I look at the Giants' schedule, and uh, I will write an article on it, but just looking at it quickly, it, it's not that easy of a schedule, even when they're saying it's easy. Uh, I'm looking at it. I mean, Spiro has said they can go 2-0. and They can easily go 0-2 the first two Oh, games. yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't know. And they, they got a 
they got a tough back six. Um, I don't see an easy one other than the Bengals, and they also have, if you catch them on a bad day, uh, the Browns maybe. But, I mean, they got the Ravens. They got Cardinals beat them last year. They got Cowboys. Uh, they got a tough – Seahawks. That's a tough six uh, ending. So the, the easiest schedule is probably the middle five because they played Washington twice. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to commit to what they're going to end up with, not yet, but, you know, it's going to be a learning curve for them. Jeff? Yeah, along with that middle five with uh, Washington twice is Philly twice and Tom Brady. So there, there is yeah. no – I mean, if you look at the first two weeks, we play two great defenses right off the bat, Pittsburgh and Chicago. But looking at the schedule, that's our best chance to win two games in a row except for maybe week 14 and 15, Cardinals and Browns. And neither one of those games are going to be a cakewalk. I think they're going to be close games. But my feeling is as long as we have, uh, have to play Philly and Dallas twice a year each, we need to get out of our division, right? We need to take care of business in our division and then let the, less, let the rest play itself out. Let me ask everybody a question. And, and we don't have to go too deep in it, but like what's the difference between – a good team and a bad team right now, because I'm thinking like, okay, the giants, new coach, new scheme. Right. And we're, we've all said week one that seven and nine is a win. Don't we all agree with that after seven and nine, it's a win, right? Yeah. I think oh, anything yeah. six wins are over with this, yeah. get, with these opponents is a oh, success. Yeah. I, I, so I, my do, question is, I think it's like, how you what, get there though. Yeah. Well, my, well, Mike, and, and I'm, I'm curious though, is like, so Cardinals, Browns, Washington. Um, Odell come back to MetLife. That's a big thing. <laughs> no, it, those are all big things. But what really is the difference? Like, I'm thinking about players, COVID. What's the difference between the Giants and Washington, uh, the Browns, the Cardinals, Tampa Bay? Like, forget Brady. I mean, no offense. Like, it's not going to be the same without Belichick. And I don't care if he's got Gronk or not. And though Arians is really good. Oh, he's got a lot of weapons, man. Mike yeah. Evans and Godwin, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. <laughs> I know. And they were the number one rush defense. They're not just Tom Brady either. What? Oh, because of Barrett. Um, that's another topic, right? Got, yeah, <laughs> that's a topic for another But is there any, but like, I don't know what, what makes the difference. Like, the Cardinals, the Browns, Washington, but the Eagles aren't going to be having a banner year. Like the Eagles. We're picking the win of the division. Until we beat them. It feels like we haven't beat them in a, in a half a century. That is true. <laughs> so that's what, you know, I'm always chalking up at least one loss to them. And same with the Cowboys right now who have our number. Like, you know, Jeff said, we need to get wins in our division first. So Yeah, well, the Eagles win is painful since I live down here in the Philadelphia DMA, and it's very painful. It's been rough. Um, <laughs> but – um. All right, I just wanted to know because I just I just don't see that dramatic difference between the Bears. Well, the Ravens, you know, you got a team like the Ravens who are – well, actually, this year in particular with no OTAs, a new coaching staff, I think the teams that have the same coaches and continue, uh, continuity are going to have a huge advantage over the Giants right now. Yeah, because um, we got too many no got, new guys. Which stinks because, you know, we, we have some, some real hard teams coming right off the bat – that, uh, you know, especially like the Tomlin, you know, or San Francisco, good coaches, it's going to be tough to, to get off the mat, right? Off yeah, the and it's a shame because you don't want – you don't like they're going to they're gonna get that albatross hung around their neck, you know what I mean? Oh, you guys suck. You see what Gettleman did. Exactly. It's got nothing to do with the fact that you're not going to have any continuity. You're not going to have any, any you know, uh, uh, the teams aren't going to gel. They're going to be winging it. 
tough you know year, I mean? tough year for coronavirus for the you know Giants, you know new coach. Yeah, and by the way, like New York has the most cases, they're probably going to be, you know, the the most cautious with what they do. So it's be interesting to see. Yeah, I know. Judge said something about they're looking for a place to have training camp other than um, whatever they call it now, Quest Diagnostic Center, wherever they call it now, mm-hmm. Timex. I can't remember what they call it, but Best, um, yeah. Yeah, they keep changing the name. But so he's looking for a place to have practice, you know, that they can get good practice time in. But he also then threw a bone in the fans and said, I want the fans there, but I'd like to have a secluded place where we can actually get a ton of work in because we're going to be behind the eight ball. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that shakes up. Um, for any of you people that are new to the show, we appreciate you listening or watching or both. We are the Giants guys. Um, this is our video podcast attached to nygiantsrush.com. Um, I don't know. It's a labor of love. I hope you read it. I hope you like it. All these guys have great articles up there. Um, Mikey B just sent me something this afternoon. I got a post. Um, but we hope you support these guys. And, um, you know, we're going to try to do a show every other week, you know, or at least try to get some content out to you guys. Um, because look, we're talking about changing the Giants' uniforms. That's what we're down to right now. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's nothing going on and we're, we're all stuck at home arguing on Twitter. Um, all right. So let's go to – I always do the blast from the past. I think we have some fun with it. Um, I get a good reaction from Twitter. Like, how dare you put that guy on Mount Rushmore? <laughs> how did you not put Tiki Barber? How did you put – what do you mean why a Tittle's not on there? So, yeah, I've got some good feedback from people here. So here's, this is one of a personal um, – bothers me every year. Every year training camp comes around and I see these guys get, get offered new numbers and jerseys and I, I get my panties in a bunch every single year. So blast from the past is retired or tired. Um, will Eli and Strahan get their numbers retired this season? And why uh, is number 58 Carl Banks and why number 53 Harry Carson, why are they being worn by a bunch of scrubs you know, that aren't going to make it. That's terrible for me to say. But why are guys wearing 53 and 58 comboed with are Eli and Strahan getting their numbers retired? Um, I'm going to start with you, Jeff. What's your thought? Because, like, it's a little – to me, it's tired. I'm tired of seeing 53 and 58 running around. So, what's, what's your take? Yeah, maybe originally they didn't want all three linebackers to get – their numbers retired <laughs> so just you know like that was but I mean so much time has passed that like okay you know those guys were as epic as you thought you know over time their numbers hold up and what they accomplish really holds up so uh, they should be Carson went you. to the Hall of Fame right like I don't understand that oh, and as, as far as Eli and I feel like Eli could just make a call and be like all right I'm ready for my number to be retired like I feel like Eli can do no wrong it's gonna happen it's a matter of when I think Mara even said it at Eli's retirement, nobody's ever going to wear a 10 again. Um, and he meant it. Strahan, I think, is is a no-brainer, too. So I really don't know about those linebackers, though. Carl Banks, I mean, he's still so tight-knit with the organization, I can't imagine why it hasn't been done yet. You know, is there a reason they haven't done it yet? No, well, that's what I'm asking you guys for. No. <laughs> you, you tell us, Mike. Yeah, Mikey B. <laughs> like, that's why we're the Giants guys. We're supposed to have some kind of info, or we're supposed to have a – Hot take. Yeah. Um, you got nothing? 
Yeah, I think you know Eli's will be and 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 Strahan's will be too. I don't know why Strahan's hasn't been already. And as far as those linebackers, um, I don't know. Too much time has passed. Maybe they forgot. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, um, and I hope I don't steal your guys' thunder. But I'm going to tell you something. If you remember, and you guys are a lot younger than me, um, Michael, you're my age. When when they t- retired uh, Phil Sims's number and LT's number, um, they had Sims throw yeah. Lawrence Taylor a pass down the sideline for Sims's oh. last throw ever. I remember that. I remember that. So I'm going to tell you that Strahan and Eli go out and they re uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Reenact. Yeah, they, re- yeah. they reenact that. Eli is going to pump a ball to Strahan down the field. I like that. Get their number. It just makes sense that they go to Strahan and they go, look, your number is going to be retired. No one will wear it. But as soon as Eli's done, you guys go in together. And he was like, hell yeah. I love it. All right, go, it. Go, go ahead, Michael Stewart. What do you got? Well, what, what's, what's the criteria of getting your number retired? I mean, do you have to make a certain amount of Pro Bowl appearances? Do you have to win championships? What is the criteria? I, mean, I don't know. I always thought it was gut feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've written articles on this. Uh, there's no excuse why Harry Carson should not have his number retired. Um, he is a nine-time Pro Bowler, Hall of Famer, uh, I see guys who I didn't even heard of wearing his number, like, like, uh, like Craig saying, it just really, really irks me. Um, uh, Carl Banks, great player. I, I don't know if he has the, the, length, the length of uh, career and I don't know if he should have this number retired, to be honest with you. I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, there, I can think of linebackers in the Giants career that, have had better giant careers than Banks, and they don't have their numbers retired. But Fair. I think Carson should be. That, that's, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. Go ahead, Spiro. Listen, I mean no offense by, to the, by this, but I mean a lot of offense by it. We're not the Yankees. We don't retire every single number. You know, we, we're, we're gonna, we have the ring of honor. You know, that's, that's essentially our retire number ring. You know, um, there's too many – too many uh, players are in this organization that you could retire their number for. Eli is going to probably have it because he, you know, quarterbacks always get the the love, and you know, over a, a linebacker, a hundred percent. You know, Lawrence Taylor, Strahan, those are the these big, big time personalities that um, are are going to get the love as well. But uh, a dirty, like uh, you know, not dirty. Uh, under the radar kind of guy like Harry Carson and Carl Banks. Can you yeah. see that, Spiro? Oh, I, I, listen, no, I, 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 listen. Spiro, can you see that? How is he under the radar? I, they're under the radar in that. That nobody, says H O F. I understand that. Listen, I have all the love for these guys, but all of they're, fame. They're not. They don't get the the publicity that a Lawrence Taylor and a Strahan and an Eli will get. You know, that's what. Harry Carson made nine Pro Bowls and oh, is in the Hall listen, of Fame. This is not a knock on them. I'm not knocking on them. But again, I'm, I'm, my I'm original point: Carson we're not the Yankees. Right we can't. We can't retire. We can't retire every number that of, of a great player that's in. The, yeah, this is this is football. We we need the numbers. You know, you don't, 
it, we've been around since what 1925. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you you could retire all these great players and have enough numbers to go forward with. But <laughs> so you don't think if you make the Hall of Fame, you get your number retired? Do you really feel that way? Are you? Just no, being- I, I listen. That's not my. No, I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I think in any other organization, you know, they would have a, a Harry Carson retired. But like I said, for an organization that's as old as the Giants. It's it's going to be tough to you're going to start running out of numbers. You have 56 gone, 53 uh, is gone, 98 gone. You're going to, you're going to start running out of linebacker numbers to give to other people. <laughs> Mikey B, straighten him out. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Hall of Fame, you got to get your number retired. Like, however you want to slice it. Like, but uh, to, to to Michael Stewart Stewart's question, like, what's the criteria? Like, that's like the. That that at the very least you get your number retired. That's automatic. Yeah, so um, I think they all they all should have their numbers retired. That's why in the beginning I was asking like, what's the reasoning for them not? (laughs) So I don't think there is a reason, a good reason or excuse. So just let's retire them. Let's celebrate them this year when we're you know six and one, heading into the middle of the season, and go from there. Look, there's there's great (laughs) players like Leonard Marshall and and Carl Banks and Jesse Armstead. I got you, Spiro, I'm right with you. But when you make the Hall of Fame, which you are literally the best of the best there ever is, I mean, you you can't give that guy's number to a practice squad player. Like, that's part of the um, the rite of passage, like, of being the best. If they haven't done it yet, though, why? like, what's what would put, put them – it, like, why would they do it now? Is my point. Is my <laughs> point. <laughs> well, yeah, but wait a minute, though. But that would go back to the same thing: is why does the Hall of Fame have an alumni committee and they root a guy, uh, vote a guy in that's been out for forty years? Like everyone, there are people who get like you're a big baseball guy, Spiro. How many guys have gotten uh, passed up that took the alumni to vote him in? Like, I'm sure there's a. I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank, but. Was it Bly Levin or there's a there's a hand Phil Necro there's a handful of guys every year that you're like why isn't this guy getting Raleigh Fingers I don't right. know there's a handful of guys that just don't get in and someone goes hello knock 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 this dude was a bad dude for sure and when you look at a guy like nine Pro Bowls I, I just I I just kind of scratch my head like it just kind of feels like they're thumbing their nose at the guy well he is so, in the Ring of Honor you know he's in the stadium <laughs> right around you know <laughs> yeah. The, 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 yeah <laughs> um no i get it listen he harry carson absolutely deserves to be one of the the, the greatest he, he is one of the greatest giants you know of all time um i i just think it's tough for an organization like the giants to keep giving out retired numbers and taking numbers off the list like the yankees we're going to start running out of numbers at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's, they're going to have to go to three numbers. You'll have to start right. with Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, 99's gone. Now, Judge, he might he might get his number retired at some point, too. <laughs> I coached a lot, of, a lot of lacrosse in my day, and there's a lot of teams that start at 100. Yeah, like yeah, see, I, I dig that. <laughs> yeah, you'll see a kid running around with, like, with like 182, and like 235 and you're like what? You know what <laughs> let's I mean? get crazy let's let's start with triple digits now i tell the story i tell the story all the time so my son's a face-off guy and um when we signed him up for lacrosse because he didn't want to play baseball anymore and um you know he was a little kid but he was like five at the time and the lady says he, and my son's got long hair and she's like you know you're really cute i'm gonna give you a special number to wear so we got home and we took it out and it was number 60, right? 
and he looks at me and I look at him and I go, dude, that is awesome. I'm like, that is the coolest number on the planet. Right. And he's like, this. And he looked at me and he's like, and, and so, so for the last seven years, he's been wearing 60. And I'm like, dude, you will make 60 famous. I'm like, I'm like, so he thinks, so he just, he doesn't think anything of it. He thinks, I dig it. Yeah. He thinks 60 is cool as heck. You know, like I was trying to see if I had a, a picture. Look, I don't know if I can get this in there. Uh, yes. Nice. You know what I mean? So, so like, you know, numbers have meaning. Some people make money off of numbers, like, right? They, they literally make a living with, with their number. Like, when you think of 21, you think of Dion. You know what I mean? Like, we used to play this game all the time. I give you a number, you tell me the player that wore it. Mm -hmm. And you, you could, you know, so everyone has a different, a different number. But, like, when it comes to Hall of Fame, it is something to me. Like, the ring honor is great, but guess what, Spiro? On an off week, they flip it to Jets. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> So, so well, that's a whole other topic uh, that we can get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just meant like it'd be special if it was etched in the stone and not on a on a placard board that they flipped to the, to the Jets, right? Well, it literally is etched in stone in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's true. So, all right. Well, I think that's all I've got for this week of the Giants, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Follow these guys. You can find me at nygiantsrush.com. Um, um, or AKA John Snow, um, Gordon Spiro, <laughs> taking on this week. But um, thanks for uh, supporting these guys. Follow them on Twitter. Check out their information. Strike up a conversation with them. And if you see me pass your tweet onto them, it just means I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. And listen, all opinions are cool. It's the fact that when you jam down stuff down my throat that doesn't jive. I mean, it, it doesn't jive. Like, it's okay to have an opinion. I think Mike B said that today. It was cool. It's cool to have an opinion, but, like, why you're choosing a negative opinion doesn't make any sense. They haven't played yet. Like, let's have a positive outlook. Um, uh, Mikey B, where can they find you? At M double JB, Michael J. Basile on Twitter. That's at M double JB. And uh, let's go. I'll make some bold, bold proclamations. Let's talk. All right. And you got an article I'm posting up uh, tonight, so you can check his, uh, his article out in the morning. What do you got, Michael Stewart? Well, I'm at, uh, at Golf for Van. I'm, I'm doing a series of uh, player spotlights uh, until we get to training camp. Nice. I'll be up by tomorrow morning. Nice. Always, nice. always depend on Michael Stewart coming through. All right, uh, Jeffy, what do you got? I'm at Jeff Pilgrim 11 on Twitter, and this week – I'm going to put out an article about why the league needs to watch out for Darius Slayton. Oh, and by the way, we don't know if that's really Jeff Pilgrim. It just looks. Like <laughs> I'll be back next next time we do this show. It'll be back. I'm yeah, not shaving. Okay. Spiro, what do you got? Where can they find? Uh, yeah, it's uh, at ny sports guy underscore spee. SPI. Um, Only him, man. My yeah, favorite yeah, part listen. of every show. Is <laughs> <laughs> every, every time he says it, I'm Spot like, I had that New York, New Jersey flair, you know? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I, I'm going to have an article about the Giants' plan being, H AKA, the Patriots' plan of how to build a defense from the back to the front. And uh, I should be out this week. So look, look cool. forward to it. All right. Well, look, uh, again. Giants, guys, this is it, the 2020 version. We hope you, you like the show. We're probably running a little bit long, but we missed a week or two. I'll try to chop, chuck this up. 
and you guys enjoy. We are OU2. Ow!